0: hey folks welcome to another edition of dog walk talk presented to you by dogs hq as always i'm your host jake roos and with me as always the illustrious beat writer over at dogs hq the man on the spot at all times
1: that's palmer toms pt what's good with you man not with you, as always. I mean, we, we've been a apart this week. You, you talked with Matt. I talked with Clint. Uh, some good shows there. So if you're if you're just tuning in, thinking that you're getting your uh, late late in the week preview from Jake and Palmer, well, you're, you've missed a lot, and, and you got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a busy week as we uh, prepare to see Georgia take on Alabama for the SEC championship on Saturday. Glad to be in here today, previewing it with you, Jake.
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, like you said, we some great content from both of those guys really encourage you to go back and check out both of those podcasts. Matt was fantastic. I really enjoyed being on with him and I know Palmer did with Clint as well. Um, some deep insight from both of those guys and uh, you know, Hey, keep up with that stuff. Matt Zinnitz is doing, man. Go follow that dude on Twitter. Cause he is breaking it left and right when it comes to these coaching hires and look, Georgia, We talked about it in the podcast may not come out of this thing unscathed when it comes to these coaching hires. Uh, The more of these openings there are, the uh, more likely it becomes that somebody may get poached. So go check that out, but we're going to turn the page because we covered all that earlier in the week and uh, it's here, man. I mean, the most wonderful time of the year. And I am not talking Christmas because I'm a bit of a Grinch myself, but it's SEC title game and uh, dogs and, Crimson Tide back at it. Um, Not unexpected. Felt like the matchup that was brewing all year. Uh, We've all just kind of been waiting patiently for it, and now it's here. Um, I guess Palmer, you know, this far out of the game, which is not very far at all, um, you're feeling.
1: What's kind of going through your mind when you're thinking about this one? Yeah, it's not far out at all. Like you said, we've heard the Last from Kirby Smart, last from Nick Saban this week, uh, with the exception of if you're a avid listener to the Coach's Call-In Show, which there's not much calling in to do there. Um, but, you know, the, I, I think that both of these teams are coming to this game very well prepared prepared uh but they both know what's at stake for georgia it's it's an sec championship their first since 2017 uh and and it's a win over alabama i mean you know that you could make the case that the win over alabama would mean just as much as the sec championship to kirby smart and and his staff uh I, i know that they've had their opportunities to beat uh you know alabama they've had their opportunities to win sec championships both against alabama and not against alabama i mean this is their fourth appearance and and they'll have played uh you know coming into this game they'll have played auburn uh alabama and lsu for sec championships and having won that one in 2017 i think that you know you get the sense from kirby that that one meant a lot to them because it was their first as a staff It was their second year together and that they were, you know, putting Georgia back on the map. Uh, But I think that as you've come out of that game, since that game, Georgia has played Alabama three times in the in the 2018 National Championship game, 2018 SEC Championship game. And then last year during the 2020 regular season uh, and, and Alabama's gotten the best of them each of those three times. Crimson Tide have led at the half and, and, or excuse me, Alabama, Georgia has led at the half and the Crimson Tide has come out on top each of those three times. Uh, And so, yeah, I I think that you you wouldn't hear them say it, uh, but I think it really does mean a lot that they get this chance to play Alabama, that that is Nick Saban and and the Crimson Tide on the other sideline. So, um, you know, a lot to break down with this game. I think that it's it's really uh, an interesting one, like, like Clint and I were talking about earlier this week, um, you know, just from the perspective of it's not often that you see Alabama as an underdog, uh, you know, the, the, more often than not, they are, uh, you know, the favorite and it, it, the last two times that they have been underdogs, this one included has have been against Georgia uh, that 2015 game against the Bulldogs uh, in, in the last year of, of, Uh, Nick Kirby Smart being over in Tuscaloosa before he made the trip to Athens Um, you know I I think that it says a lot about what this Georgia team has accomplished so far in the regular season but at the same time the players the coaches everybody knows uh, that there is still so much to accomplish.
0: I feel like you were just dancing around the the the, the phrase. It just means more. Uh, <laughs> you were you were you were just all around it uh, when, when you were talking about you know what this one means to Georgia. Certainly, look that 2017 game. I, I think that that put Georgia where they are now. That was the springboard Kirby Smart needed to really get this thing going in the direction that it has, and probably with the rapidity that it has. I mean, I think that that's also to be considered here. Georgia has played a number of, you know, top tier bowl games. Um, they've been, you know, a, a kind of a constant fixture in the top five uh, making appearances there. It seems like you're in and you're out finishing the year. So it, it was big, it was big. And this one's big as well. And to me, this one is just like, I don't know, the next logical step in my opinion, it's, at some point, you're going to have to to paraphrase, or, or well, I, it's not even a paraphrase; it's to quote to quote Rick Flair to be the man. You got to beat the man, and at some point, you're going to have to beat Alabama. I mean, under Nick Saban, in my opinion, because that, to me, can aid in. I'm, I'm not willing to say that this is going to be a changing of the guard all of a sudden, but it definitely puts, I think, a lot of people on notice uh, a little bit closer about, you know, where Georgia is and how Georgia factors into the college football world. Um, And so this is a, this is a big one. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, You know, it's Kirby's first opportunity or well, next opportunity, I guess, not his first, but his next opportunity to uh, try to pull out a win against Nick Saban, something that only Jimbo Fisher has been able to do as a former assistant. Um, That's impactful. Uh, You know, that's one of those storylines that gets mentioned every time one of those guys plays against Nick Saban, but, you know, to do it on this stage and with what's at stake on the line, I think that that means a lot, you know, because you've got a chance not only to knock off your mentor, you got a chance to knock him out of contention as well. And that's to me, um, uh, gosh, it's it's like uh, you know, it's like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker facing off kind of deal. I mean, it's you know, he, he can kick him into the pit with this one, uh, you know and, and um, I think that that would go a long way to Georgia's national perception. I don't I don't know. am I wrong? Am I kind of overstating that? I mean, I what's your feel, I guess, from the opportunity that's ahead for Kirby if he is able to pull this one out?
1: No, I mean, you're absolutely right there in the fact that, this one, it, it does mean more because Georgia has that opportunity to knock Alabama out of the playoff. I mean, of the 28 playoff spots uh, over the course of the playoff history since 2014, 20 of them have been uh, you know, accounted for by Alabama, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. There is a Georgia has the chance to knock Alabama out of said playoff this year and make it so that none of those teams are in it, uh, which would give them probably the best chance of, you know, uh, to to win it, uh, to win it all, you know, by knocking out Alabama and, and, you know, clearing that hurdle. I think that that is like we've said so many times, that is one of these last hurdles for Kirby Smart to clear, Um, you know, I think that obviously the national championship trophy uh, is is the one that that would be the last hurdle, but I think that beating Alabama – has you know is one of the hurdles that you've got to clear to get to that point he's won an SEC championship before he's made the college football playoffs he's made the national championship game but I think that the two big ones that are still out there are Alabama and the national championship game national championship trophy raising that one in Indianapolis this year Uh, and by beating Alabama in the SEC championship you have a good chance to knock off both of those things off of your, you know, check mark list for, for Kirby smart.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't even know so much. I mean, I, I guess they're inextricable, but I, I, to me, it's like, you know, Alabama with another coach who cares, right? It, it's, it's about knocking off Nick Saban. It's about that idea of the, the student becomes the teacher. Uh, well, you know, and, I mean? and,
1: and those two have been so tied sure. together for, sure. so, for the last you know several years that you know when you think Alabama, you think Nick Saban. That I mean, so when I say beating Alabama, beating Nick Saban is yeah, is yeah. beating Alabama, no doubt, no doubt.
0: Um, I guess going into this one, Palm, um, when you're breaking this down, I mean, we've had a chance to to kind of have have all week to ruminate on this and and to you know read the punditry and 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 see the film and talk to the experts and get all these opinions. Um. You know, I guess going into this, what's your feel? I mean, wh- where where do you kind of see this going?
1: Yeah, I think I think the biggest storyline for this game is that Georgia's dominant defense. It's strength on strength for for Alabama and Georgia. It is Georgia's dominant defense against. Alabama's offense and, and, you know, the explosive offense that that is, um, you know, number five in the country in terms of scoring number seven in terms of passing yards per game. They are number 77 in terms of rushing yards per game. So that is where the bread and butter is for this, this Alabama offense. Offense. It's it's being able to move the ball with Bryce Young, Jamison Williams, and, and John Mechie. Uh, these wide receivers are talented. You, I think, you know, with with the exception of maybe Ohio State, this is probably the most talented group of wide receivers that there is in college football. Uh, and you could probably make the case that Alabama is wide receiver you. And so, yes. you know, over the last couple of years, you've seen the way that Alabama has, has you know, won football games has been and, and beaten Georgia has been with, the this these t- very talented wide receivers. I think that this Georgia defense is ready to take on those guys. they they are better prepared than in years past to take on those guys. I think the changes that Georgia has made in the secondary to to not as much put uh, their guys on islands. I mean, I think, you know, you look at back at last year's game, and I've watched it a couple of times this week. Uh, there were a lot of times that Jalen Waddle was just running past Georgia wide, Georgia uh, cornerbacks. Whether it was Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, Tyreek Stevenson, and, and and Mark Webb at star, uh, Richard Lecount and Louis Cien at safety, Georgia was getting abused in the secondary. And, and that you, you just named three guys who
0: were drafted, uh, including a first and a second rounder, uh, as well as uh, and and
1: and that second round. Went first overall. In the and well, and so then you've
0: got Mark Webb, who was also drafted, Richard LeCount, also drafted, and Lewisine, who's gonna get drafted. That's five guys headed for the league.
1: And Tyreek Stevenson, very well. Tyreek Stevenson going
0: to the league, probably.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I, I so it. you're talking about six guys that, uh, you know, are probably playing on Sundays here, whether they are now or will be in the future. Um, I think that says a lot about what Alabama has has had at wide receiver. I mean, you know, you look at back at last year's group, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. I think you could make a case that Jalen Waddell was even better than him when he was healthy. Sure. Um, and so, you know, to have that one-two punch, to have John Mechie as your third wide receiver, uh, to have experienced guys like Slade Bolden around still, um, you know, th- this this Alabama group has been – Um, You know, even going back to previous matchups with Georgia, um, you know, whether it's Jerry Judy or um, Henry Ruggs, you know, guys that have been, you know, impact players in these games. um, You know, Georgia has had a hard time matching up against these guys. And and Jamison Williams isn't going to be any easier to match up with. I just think Georgia is better prepared to match up with them. I think that the way that Georgia is able to generate pressure naturally, doesn't put those guys, those defensive backs that back into the defense on, on an island as much. I think that you're seeing Georgia play zone defense a lot more when Kirby has been man, 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 and, and nothing but that in the past. Doing so, you know, says, hey, we will give up a, you know, you, we will let you catch the ball in front of us, but we're going to stop you before the sticks. We're going to stop you before the end zone. And, and as you get closer and closer, that's less – ground that we have to cover so you know in terms of Georgia's defensive approach I think that they've been they've done a good good job of avoiding the big plays I think that the two games that they have given up big plays South Carolina and Tennessee uh you know those have been some of the more explosive passing offenses that Georgia has played uh and and talented wide receivers in Josh Van and and um Cedric Tillman for Tennessee um you know, but I, I think that Georgia is well prepared to match up against these Alabama wide receivers and, and that they're going to be able to put the pressure on Bryce Young. Uh, this Alabama offensive line has really struggled as of late, uh, allowed seven sacks last week against, uh, against Auburn. Georgia had seven sacks in the season opener against Clemson. Uh, you know, they, they've in, in the other couple of SEC games that have been close within a touchdown, Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas. They all had four sacks against Alabama, obviously with the Aggies coming out on top in that matchup. So I think that the, the key to beating this Alabama offense is getting pressure, and that is where Georgia has strived all season long.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and, and as you were saying that, what was kind of going through my mind, I started looking this up, um, and maybe it's a little fresher on your mind, but you know, in terms of great wide receivers Georgia's seen this year, it's been somewhat limited, I would say. Uh, Justin Ross obviously was limited in that game one; still was playing, but uh, maybe not a hundred percent. Joseph Ngata uh, had played played a great game with uh, for Clemson. Then the shutdown Traylon Burks when they played Arkansas. Uh, he was uh, certainly one of the best they're going to face this year, or we're going to face. Um, you know nobody on florida did much against Wondell
1: Robinson Wondell Robinson. Robinson's a pretty good wide receiver that Georgia yeah. did a good job of defending against yeah, but yeah. you know that they, they didn't Kentucky didn't have their number two option in Josh Ali in that game Sure yeah so it's it's an interesting uh
0: that's an interesting matchup for me I mean you know the the combination of two great receivers plus a great tight end you know, how does, how do they have to scheme against that? Cause I, I think that's the first time they've had it all year. I'm not saying they can't and they should be very capable of doing so. Uh, but, but I think that that's, that's going to be a storyline in this, but you also mentioned those sack numbers. And to me, that's what's startling. I mean, when you're talking about Alabama, that's not, this is, that's just not Alabama. I'm sorry. That's just not, or that's not the Alabama we've come to know over the years. I guess I should say uh, clearly that's who they are this year, but you know, I think that there's probably um, to me, this sets up really, really well for Georgia. And, and quite frankly, that makes me nervous for that reason, because it feels like when you start to feel good, that's when an Alabama can kind of swoop in on you. But it, Alabama's primary deficiency to me feels like that offensive line and Georgia's strength is the front seven uh, on defense. So, that seems like a perfect storm in my opinion. Uh, you know, now George's offense probably hasn't been tested in the way that Alabama's defense is going to test them. I think that's probably fair to say as well. I don't know that they faced a complete 11 that good. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a key in this as well. But I think, like I've said kind of consistently, at least, I feel that Georgia can be multifaceted in what they do offensively. I think that they can take what the opposing uh, defense is going to give. And, you know, Alabama's going to have to vary things up for that reason. But to me, I think Georgia can, can find a lane, Um offensively and, and say, all right, look, this is what we're going with. You know, whether that's attacking deep down the field, uh, which they've done several times this year. I mean, Stetson Bennett's shown no fear of, of kind of unloading a ball when he needs to Uh, or, you know, Hey, let's turn around and, and let James cook, you know, uh, catch us do a run a sweep or uh, line up as a slot or, uh, you know, do all the various things he does or, Hey, let's grind it out with Zamir White or, Hey, Let's let Brock Bowers run out here and, uh, you know, break off a block and, and find himself open. Georgia's done a great job, I think, utilizing their personnel this year. And to me, that seems advantageous to them. Uh, but again, I, I don't know. It, to me, that's it's a tough call because, like I said, I, they haven't faced anything like this Alabama defense. I'm not saying that they can't overcome that. I just think it's going to be a unique challenge, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and 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 with this Alabama defense, I think, and, and as well as Georgia's defense, uh, the strength there is is at stopping the run. Um, you know, Alabama in terms of their offense is limited with their running back situation, probably yes. down to just one scholarship running back in the game. That's Trey Sanders, who's a very talented kid, uh, second year player for them. Uh, but they, you know, Brian Robinson dealing with a what looked like a hamstring injury, uh, pulled hamstring. Nick Saban said it, it was a lower body strain, so um, or pull. Um, so, I feel like it's safe to assume it's a hamstring there, and and he may end up suiting up. He may give it a go, uh, you know, to at least try. But you know, as Georgia fans saw with Kenny McIntosh dealing with a similar injury, it's hard to get back from that very quickly. And it's this is an injury he suffered against out at, against Auburn. Um, in terms of Georgia's run game, I think that that is. Where Alabama's strength is, just like just like Georgia's defense, yeah. Alabama's strength is in that front seven and their ability to pass rush. Um, I think, think that Georgia's offense is better prepared. Their offensive line is better prepared for that challenge. Uh, they've done a really good job of, of not letting Stetson Bennett and and the quarterbacks get hit this year. Um, they're second in the country for sacks with with just eight. Uh, but but I don't know that they've faced a pass rush quite like what maybe Clemson but but I don't know that they faced one quite like what Alabama is going to offer Will Anderson um quite I possibly that, I don't know the that they
0: faced a player like Will Anderson I mean no I no. don't <laughs> I, I, and and listen listen we we got this comment we got this comment on the opening week uh, podcast and and somebody commented and said oh well I guess they shouldn't even bother to play the game You know, because I guess the the assumption was that we were heaping praise onto Alabama and and somehow downgrading Georgia. I I don't mean to say that at all. I, I just have a lot of respect for Alabama. I have a lot of respect for Nick Saban, and I have a Hell of a lot of respect for Will Anderson. And I think uh I think every offensive player that he's faced this year and is going to face for the rest of this year would tell you the same exact thing. Because if you don't respect that guy, he's gonna make you respect him. Uh in the way that uh Mike Tyson said many years ago, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it clean, but he said, I will make you love me, and uh <laughs> and that was the clean version, but he's going to uh he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna He's going to make you respect him. And I, I think that that's the the thing. So, you know, you can go into this with this nonchalant attitude of, you know, oh, Georgia's untouchable this year. And, and to some degree, I think that that's true. I think that, that Georgia has been the most consistent team in, in college football. They have been the most dominant team. But to look past Alabama is a fool's errand every single yes. time. Nobody – you should never, ever, ever do that. Don't ever do it, in my opinion.
1: No, I mean, they they haven't won these national championships under Nick Saban for no reason. Right. But, you know, right. to, to what that person was saying, I think both me and you – I mean, spoiler alert, I think both me and you are going to predict Georgia to win this game. I am. Yeah. I, I am. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I think that – You know, there is no reason to not respect what Alabama is and what they have been and what they are and what they're capable of. Um, I I think that we just – we understand that, but we also understand that – what georgia is this year is, is something special um that they are you know fully capable of playing with, with with you know the the team in tuscaloosa the team that the sec championship has run through tuscaloosa for many a years now and and most of the time the national championship too and there's a reason why and, and most and of that, the time that most is of why, time alabama wins them exactly and that is why they demand the respect uh, of of you know Georgia media Georgia fans Georgia team uh, and, and I don't think Georgia team is is disrespecting Alabama in any way I think that they are taking this game as seriously as possible um, but going back to your conversation our conversation about the. Georgia offense. I think where Georgia is going to have some success on offense is with Stetson Bennett is in that passing game. Very similar to, uh, you know, what Alabama is going to try and do offensively. I think Georgia can have a little bit more success on the ground because they've got a, such a deep backfield. I mean, you, you know that they're going to go at least three or four deep in that in that rotation depends on whether Kendall Milton is going to play uh, and, and whether Dejan Edwards is going to play. Um, you know, I think I think if Georgia fans are seeing Dejan Edwards in this game late, they're, they're going to be pretty happy um, with the outcome. But, um, you know, I, I think that Georgia has the ability with this offense and with this passing game, with a confident Stetson Bennett to get the ball downfield, to press the ball downfield, to move the chains. You know, Stetson as, as a quarterback overall isn't – you know, I think that he has really – embrace the game manager role which you know i think I, when I, I think when a lot of people hear that they think it's a knock on him yes. not in any way is that a knock on him i mean he has been effective in doing that and georgia's 12 and 0 because of it i think that you know with with his ability to take what's given to him you know move the chains and, and just march down the field when the big play comes you know when the opportunity for it comes georgia has hit on him and 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 you know whether that be to Jermaine Burton or Arian Smith when he was healthy, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, uh, A. D. Mitchell. Vlad McConkie, there are numerous pass catchers. Add in George Pickens for this game. Sure. You know, Kiaris Jackson, if, if he's going to be healthy enough to go. Um, I, I think that there are enough pass catchers in this Georgia offense. James Cook, you want to add in the running backs too. I think James Cook is going to be a big factor in this game. Didn't include him in the matchups and players to watch, but probably should have. And as I noted in that, there were too many players to name that were very important to this game. James Cook is one of those that I did not name, but is very, very important in this game. I think that Georgia has the ability to use him in different ways. I think that the, you know, I I thought about this a little bit this week and, and tell me if you agree or disagree here, um, I think that Georgia's game against Tennessee was a little bit of a dress rehearsal for this game against Alabama. I think that's why you saw the starters play the entire time. And I didn't think about it then, but you know, having come out of Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech and seeing how Georgia handled those two games, they were quick to get the starters out there. They didn't want to risk anything. They knew that they didn't have to risk anything. But against Tennessee, A, that offense is capable of scoring just like this Alabama offense is. But B, I think you wanted to get those guys – a test, a four quarter battle, Uh, you know, even if it wasn't a war on the scoreboard, they wanted to play for four quarters and, and kind of give a dress rehearsal. And in the same light, they did so with James Cook. I think that what they did with James Cook in that game is very similar game plan that they could use with James Cook in this game. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I think it can go one of two ways in my opinion. Um, And that's either that, yes, this is the plan for James Cook and this is how they plan to use him. Or if not, that's some scary shit to put on film and, and, and make Alabama account for every time that guy hits the field. So to me, it's, it's either, yeah, I mean, it can go either way, right? And, and I think that, that, that that's, the, that's the, the beauty of it. I think I'm sure that was part of the, the process and in, in putting that in is you, you've got a guy who suddenly every time he hits the field is a threat to do something different. And it's like I said, you know, George's offense has been multifaceted. Well, there's nobody more multifaceted on the, on the offense itself than James Cook. And um, so. Brock you know, Bowers might disagree, but. Well, I, sure. No, that's true. He's got, he's got a Russian touchdown as well. So, uh, but you know, James is uh, to me. Well, I, I'll say this too. The Tennessee game was James Cook's game. This season has been Brock Bowers whole season. You know, this, that, that was something that that felt, mm, I won't say out of place, because I think we always knew that he was capable of doing something like that. But in terms of the overall narrative of the season, it's not necessarily what James Cook's done all year uh it was a little bit different from what we've seen from him I guess consistently game in and game out
1: I I do think that he has been a very improved running back and and I think that and he's also been a very improved pass catcher I mean looking back and I I didn't I, I thought about this and and had to check double check but it was true Jordan last year against Alabama Cook caught that 80 yard touchdown that was his first receiving touchdown in college. He's caught four more since then. Sure. In in very limited amount of time. I mean, you know, that was the fourth game of last year he played in uh you maybe five more. Uh, he missed the bowl game. He might have missed one or two with injury last year and then obviously the the 12 games this year um you know to to add to that total, you know, did you add that kind of skill set to his game? I think he's always been capable of it, but it has really come out under Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator. No, I
0: agree with that completely. I, you know, I, I came into this year wondering if we were ever going to see the James Cook that we ever we all thought James Cook could be. Uh, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, this is kind of it. Like, either the guy is or isn't this guy. Um, and and I think he's proven that he is. I, you know, he's the Swiss Army Knight kind of uh, player that we we assumed um but yeah i mean he's a, he's an interesting he's an interesting factor in this and like you said I, I do think that there's some truth definitely to that tennessee game being a a precursor to this alabama game primarily because another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tennessee's the best team Georgia played uh, the rest of this year, in, in my opinion. I mean... Clemson maybe would have been a different story if you'd have caught him at a different time of the year. I don't know. You know, maybe they they knocked some rust off. Probably not, based on what we saw from them the rest of the way down the stretch. Um, but they could have probably given Georgia maybe a better game than they did game one. I don't know. Um, It was was still a
1: single-score game. It was, it was, it was. And and I I think that that's – that. I think that Clemson team that that played them then, maybe not offensively, but in terms of a team effort, that might have been one of their best in in terms of especially defensively. I think that – I mean, neither team scored an offensive touchdown in that game. Yeah, they just – to me, Tennessee was Tennessee felt dangerous. Tennessee's past- what about what about Arkansas? I mean, they came in as a top 10 team, and, and granted, Georgia ran them out of the building in the first quarter, right? Uh, you know, Kentucky came in with momentum as the number 11 team. Uh, you know, Auburn on the road came in ranked off of a you know big win over LSU there. Um, you know, I, I think that Georgia played some dangerous teams, Tennessee, get, Tennessee, I get, though. I just no, I think Tennessee was so dangerous, though,
0: because. They were the team. They were the team that it felt like had proven themselves to be like that. Uh, that new style SEC offense of like we can score it at will at any time. We from anywhere. It doesn't matter. We've got big play capability, and I think that that's what has taken hold, not only in the SEC, but across college football. I mean, we've seen the offensive shift. And I think that they were the team that probably best embodied that, uh, that that Georgia played all year. Now, like you said, you know, maybe, uh, maybe with uh, Josh Ali, perhaps you could have seen a little bit more out of that out of uh, Kentucky as well. But uh, I, I do. I, I agree with your point. I think Tennessee was a good dress rehearsal for this game, um, and, and and let's not forget Tennessee. I mean Tennessee gave Alabama a game. I mean uh, until until you know pretty late into it. I mean uh, I think it was but like midway through the third, I think that Alabama really started to run away with it. But for at least two quarters, I mean they were able to, to stay with them. So that's not nothing. Um, you've talked a lot about players to watch, and I, I know we've got keys and all that coming, but you know, when you're talking about this, I guess, is there one guy that this boils down to for you? I mean, is there one, I mean, is it Stetson Bennett? Is Stetson the guy who has to do this on Saturday or is it, I mean, is, is there a defensive guy who has to be in charge of this? Is there a guy that we've just been waiting on like James Cook, who, uh, you know, needs the breakout game here and could really shift the tide? I mean, uh, to, to, to steal the punt, I guess. I mean, what are you? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you're looking around at these at this Georgia Bulldogs team, Palmer, is there is there somebody that has to have a big day uh, or is it just the usual suspects?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I think, like I said in in that matchups and players to watch, there are too many guys that you could name in this game that are really important to the outcome. I think that that's what it takes to beat Alabama. It takes an overall team effort, and, and it's going to take and That's how how Georgia's done it all season. They've they've had a dominant team defense and, and an offense that that you know counters that very well. Um, I think that. I think that I I will go with Stetson Bennett as my, you know, offensive player that that you've got to watch Um, just because I think when you get into this time of the year, postseason football, whether it's college, high school, pro, whatever, you need your quarterback to be playing well. And, and I think that, you know, I I think that it's very evident when you look back at Stetson Bennett last last year in this Alabama game and the improvements that he has made in in you know just over a calendar year um you know I, who would have thought that Stetson Bennett would be Georgia's starting quarterback in the 2021 SEC Championship game sure. when he got benched against Florida last year i mean he threw uh, six interceptions, seven, six interceptions in a three-game span. Um, you know, three against Alabama, two against Kentucky, one against Florida. And, and he wasn't playing poorly against Florida. He got banged up. And, and then ultimately we saw how it played out with JT Daniels coming in and, and leading Georgia's offense, you know, to new heights in those final four games. Um, I, I just think that this is the time where you have got to – you've got to have your quarterback playing really well and, and and it takes good quarterback play to beat Alabama. It takes good quarterback play to win SEC championship games. It takes good quarterback play to win a national championship. And I think that Stetson Bennett has has risen to the occasion all year long. And I I have a feeling that he's going to do it again. I think that defensively, um, you know, obviously that is a big matchup. I, I just think that you know, Georgia's defense against this Alabama offense, I think that Alabama is going to be able to score. I think that they're not going to be able to score at will like they might have been able to in, in other games. I think that what you've got to be able to do is it's going to put a little bit, bit more pressure on Stetson in that offense to, you know, put up points, to say, hey, you do that, we'll do this. And, and you know, to, to go, you know, toe-to-toe with, with an offense that's going to be able to put up some points. I think that they're going to be challenged by this Alabama defense, but I think that this Alabama defense is a little bit weaker than than that Alabama offense is. Uh, you know, wh- where Alabama has the weaknesses on, on defense, I think that they are a little bit weaker than that Alabama offense. Uh, and so, you know, I think that the pressure is on Stetson to be the guy to win this game. You, you could – say the the pass rushers to to get to Bryce Young and, and throw off that passing game I think if you do that you're very much setting yourself up for success you know whether it's giving your offense short field or or you know just keeping Alabama off the board um but I think that ultimately it comes down to can Georgia put up points uh you know that can hang with a very good Alabama offense
0: yeah I'm gonna stick with the passing game too because I I think it's critical um but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's. I'm going to use a collective here and I'm going to say the wide receivers. I think that somebody out of that group has to, whether it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, but Jermaine Burton needs to have a Missouri type of game or Lad McConkey needs to have an Auburn type of game or Kiaris Jackson needs to come through with a performance that people have been waiting on for him this season. Or George Pickens is back in full strength and he and Dom Blaylock, you know, swoop in like Batman and Robin and, and save the day for Georgia. I, somebody in that group, I think, has to be there because it, they're going to have to challenge downfield.
1: Stetson. Well, and that goes
0: hand in hand with Stetson. Right, exactly, exactly. But I think that somebody's got to be that weapon for Stetson. Because I think Stetson's, I think I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of concerns about Stetson. I, I think Stetson's gonna be fine, personally. I think that he should have confidence when it comes to play in Alabama. He had out he had Georgia up 21-0. Um, you know, I think that the line has given him some time. 21. I'm sorry, 21. Yeah, 21 by the half, wasn't it? 21 and a half last year. It was 24, 20 uh at the half at the half yes well right exactly (laughs) I mean he's he's had success against Alabama is what I'm saying um so I I think there should be some confidence for him in that regard to me those guys got to help him out I mean I'm Brock Bowers is going to do his thing I, I think that he'll he'll make a play at some point it just seems like That's an inevitable to me. But the wide receivers from week to week have been a little bit more um, hard to predict, I guess, who's going to be the guy there. And uh, for me, that's that's what I I think one of those guys has to be uh, on Johnny on the spot this week. And hey, listen, if Jermaine Burton can replicate that performance he put together against uh, Missouri, uh, that could go a long way to uh, helping the effort, I would think. Um, so
1: so if those are our offensive players of the game, let's let's go quick defense, you know. Who who do you think's got to step up on defense to be that guy? I I know that we've that I mentioned it, we've mentioned it as a whole. Um, but I I think that this defense, you know, just as much as pressure is on offense, there's the pressure on this defense to live up to the standard that they've set for themselves, which is a very high one.
0: Yeah, no, it's that idea of like, are they who they are they who we think they are, right? Um you know, for me, uh, I think it's probably going to have to be. Um, I think it's going to have to be. It's going to. I think it's going to come down to those those safeties. Um, you know, because I think the corners have played really well to this point, and Lewis has done a good job. But you know. Uh, is, is Chris Smith a hundred percent? And if not, is Dan Jackson, you know, the, the walk on the former walk on, you know, an unexpected contributor this year. Uh, is he a primetime player ready to hang with these, these Alabama receivers? Um, you know to me those those guys become all important because that's those guys man in the back end or who you're charging essentially with limiting those monster plays uh that can be big momentum shifters in this one. And like I said, that one has been a situation where, um, you know, like, like I said, with, with the Chris Smith thing, uh, the Chris Smith injury and kind of the lingering nature of that. And is he a hundred percent? Is he not? Dan Jackson. I I I think the safeties for Georgia uh are, are kind of where this all comes down because I really don't have a lot to say about the front seven. I, I think that those guys are going to be fine. I think they'll be able to find their spots get there. And quite frankly, I just don't think Alabama is going to have much when it comes to the running game uh, because of how limited they are and the numbers uh, and the depth at the position, as well as the offensive line's inability to, to kind of protect.
1: Yeah, I, I will put it on that front seven. I think that, you know, because that is a weakness for Alabama, that, that offensive line and their ability to protect. And because the passing game is going to be such an emphasis, I I agree that they, that the pressure is going to be on the safeties and the corners to, you know, hold up in the passing game. But I think that, you know, all season long, we kind of, you know, even going into the season, we thought Georgia has a, has to have a, Front seven that can uh, you know that can hold up and and that can get to the quarterback to take some of the pressure off of those DBs. Um, so I, I would look to some of these pass rushers, whether it's Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter. There are ten guys on this Georgia roster that have m- more than one sack this season, uh, and, and I think that you know Nolan Smith is is somebody that that doesn't have two sacks, he's got one and a half on the year, but I think that he could be in for a big game. Uh, You know, I think that, you know, the obvious candidates of, of Nakobe Dean and Channing Tyndall, which, you know, to me is a little bit more surprising to see an inside linebacker coming up with those kind of stats. Five sacks for Nakobe and four and a half for Tyndall. Uh, you know, you've also got four and a half from from Robert Beal. I think that he's a guy that could step up in this game. I, I think that overall, you've just got so many guys that in that Georgia pass rushing group. That you know maybe not maybe one guy doesn't have the Will Anderson type of day that has you know three four sacks solo but I think that you could see maybe possibly a day like they had against Clemson where you know they just put the pressure on on Bryce Young they say hey our best chance to to uh, you know prevent some of these big plays from these talented Alabama wide receivers is by not letting out Bryce Young even throw the ball to them and and, and putting him on his back. I think that you know the those guys that I mentioned are are going, going to have to have a big day.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And you know, you mentioned uh, it's it's interesting to see those numbers from inside linebackers goes back to that old thing Jordan Davis says all the time two on me somebody's free. I mean, that's those guys are finding those lanes behind those big boys and they're taking advantage and, and get in there and affecting it. Um I guess dust settling uh on Saturday like we mentioned I think both of us are going to going to pick the dogs to win uh in our bold predictions for Saturday. But uh an MVP for this game uh if that's the case. Um, Who's 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 the one name that it's this is this is gonna I don't know I mean I, of course this is just speculation uh, but you know it, I mean are we talking about are we talking about Stetson Bennett out there hoisting this trophy and being the guy and you know, erasing all the doubters and the haters and, you know, uh, changing the whole narrative, continuing this Disney-esque story that he's got going on? Or is it maybe big Jordan Davis out there just, you know, eating bodies and swallowing worlds? I mean,
1: who's your guy? So I, I, Clint and I talked about this. Um, I I don't think it will be Jordan Davis. I think that his impact in this game could be a little bit more limited because, of what Alabama isn't going to do trying to run the ball. I think that he will still play because because of who he is uh, and and because of what he's capable of. I just think that you are going to see him, you know, on the sideline more than you might expect um, because Alabama is going to just be trying to pass the ball, you know, with ease. Um, I I will say Stetson, um, you know, because, you know, he, he told us on Monday that, and and I wrote in my story this week that he he leaves the storytelling up to others. Um, You know, he's, he just goes out there, he focuses on football, he goes out there and plays, tries to do his job as best as he can do. And I think that what in doing so he has given us this, like you said, Disney storytelling narrative. Um, I think that that, you know, that it would just be, you know, perfect the the perfect ending not the perfect ending to it I I think that it would be just another chapter in Stetson's story um I think that you know this is his game to win um you know maybe a little bit of a revenge game for him given the fact that he didn't play all too well against Alabama last year uh and, and I think that like I said Georgia's defense, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're going to be challenged and and they're going to have to play well, but I think that the pressure is on this offense to play really well and and match what, you know, the defense is having to do.
0: Yeah, I can see that makes sense to me. That's a good pick. I mean, it's kind of got to come down to him, right? I mean, I think it, if, if George George is going to possibly live and die by, by Stetson Bennett um, on Saturday. So that's a good pick in my opinion. Um, I'm going to go with Nakobe. I, I think N'Kobe is the guy uh, on Saturday.
1: thinking you were going to go with a wide receiver with everybody that you had been mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, th- that's the problem though, right? I,
1: I'm just saying one of those guys has to make a play somewhere along the line. Somebody's got to step up and do their thing. I Somebody will say can- if the wide receiver has a big day, like I said earlier, it means Stetson has a big day. And, right. And- the voters probably give it to the quarterback and, 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 you know, continue that fairy tale. So I'm going, I'm going with the captain of the defense. I'm going with the Kobe because I think
0: that he's one of those guys who's just so multi uh, multi-tooled. He can do it all. Uh, if you need him to drop into coverage and, and and hang with guys, he's fast enough to do that. His, his football instincts are outstanding. Uh, he can rush the passer. He's proven that he's a tackle machine. Um, you know, he's going to be able, I think, to operate, Mm, uh in the way that in the way that Roquan Smith was and at this point in his career, where basically they've just said, see ball, get ball. You're you're you figure it out. You're smart enough. We know we trust you to do this. And I think nikobe's capable of doing that. And I think that on Saturday that that benefits him to a large degree. I think he has a good day. Um whew, boy, we've talked the hell out of this thing. Uh this SEC championship. Uh, which which makes sense, right? Uh, but we'll we'll have we'll have more um we'll have a uh, plenty of reaction uh, to come after that shifting gears though real quick here before we wrap things up a little recruiting to get to uh as is the tradition we try to work a little bit of that in uh each show if we can and uh big week so far right i mean uh, gosh you, you expect that you know it's all about the lead up and the, this this monster game and this clash of the titans meanwhile george is on the recruiting trail just out here picking up dudes left and right. Uh, Sean Washington, a four-star defensive lineman out of the Louisiana area. Uh, New Orleans-based guy. Comes on board on Monday evening. Uh, Six-foot-four, 309 pounds. Big old boy for the defensive line. Um, super strong. Um, a guy who, uh, on film to me, um, just a run-stopper, man. Uh, just a guy who is able to get in there and clog holes. Uh, you can see him affect the passer, and I think that he's capable of doing that. But I think at this point in his career, he's he's a very very capable run stopper. He's a guy who, uh, like I said, he can fill a hole pretty easily. So, uh, big pickup for Georgia there again. Uh, when does the train end for twenty twenty two? Who knows? It's anyone's guess at this point. Uh, how many people can they even fit into this class? I, I don't know. I, I I'd be lying to tell you I did so. Um, anyway, looking forward to it. I mean, um, yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, your thoughts, any thoughts on, on that 2022 class Sean Washington? I mean, this pickup in general Palmer, I mean, are you, I mean, are you kind of surprised, I guess, in the way that I am, that this is happening, I guess, during SEC championship week?
1: Um, I, I, I'm more surprised that we've seen evidence of the coaches getting out on the road during SEC championship week. I think that that says a lot about the recruits that they are going to see. Yeah. Um, just, but I, it doesn't surprise me that they are, you know, getting a commitment during SEC championship week. I think that a lot of the work before a commitment goes in, uh, you know, a lot of the work that goes into a commitment goes in before a commitment and and whether that was during the summer, um, during the fall, you know, I I know Washington was on campus. I believe he was on campus, um, for an official. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Keep up with the recruiting a little bit. (laughs) Um, team keeps me busy enough, but yeah, I, I think that it's a big pickup for them on the defensive line um, where, you know, they are bound to lose a couple of guys um, and, and certainly lose their big run stopper in the middle in Jordan Davis. So I, I don't know that you can expect anybody to just immediately step in and fill that role. Um, you know, big shoes to fill there quite literally. Um, but I think that Georgia is is certainly making steps in the right direction in this class of 2022 uh, with several strong defensive linemen uh, to just continue the dominance that they've had on defense uh, the class just as a whole is, is shaping up and, and, you know, we will talk about it a lot more over the coming weeks um, now. As, as signing day approaches and, and comes and goes. Um, there's plenty of coverage there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that as a whole, this class is really shaping up to be something special. Georgia's number one on the field and they're number one off the field right now in terms of recruiting and number one in our listeners hearts. And that's what's the most
0: <laughs> important thing. Uh, <laughs> when, um, yeah, yeah. When you're talking about it, I mean, listen, there's no, there's no replacing Jordan Davis just because there aren't many people on earth that are the size of Jordan Davis and can do the things that Jordan Davis does at his size. So, um, Shifting gears real quick, also uh, out of the 2022 class, 2023 comes through on Tuesday. Uh, a big pickup, a guy that I don't think Georgia fans are very familiar with. A name that kind of came onto the radar pretty quickly and then just sort of evolved really fast, it felt like. Um, but a relationship that when we talked to his coach um, has kind of been brewing for some time. That's Requez Rock. Uh, mecklederry out of Anniston High School in Anniston, Alabama. Um, interesting to see the dogs dip into the Yellowhammer State uh, during Georgia-Alabama week and pull out a four-star guy. Uh, an offensive lineman to me looks like a young Justin Schaefer um, and probably a little bit more developed prospect uh, at this point. Um, great run blocker, uh, guy who can take it up to the second level when he needs to super strong. I I mentioned on Twitter the other day to me, uh, rock is a great nickname for this kid because that's what he is built. Like uh, that's what he looks like. And that's how he plays. I mean, he looks like he looks like he's hitting you with stones when he strikes you. So um, another good pickup for 2023 Dogs juggling a couple of classes right now as they have kind of, as it has kind of become the standard for them, um, you know, over the last couple of years. Impressed with what they've done on both both ends of it. And um, Rayquez, just another great pickup for them. Uh, two guys already committed to that offensive line in 2023, Bo Hewley uh, out of uh, Langston Hughes in South Atlanta, and now Rayquez McIlderry, uh, also known as Rock and um, I love both of those pickups. I think that that's a great start, especially um, in 2022, where it feels like, you know, uh, I'm not saying that these guys are uh, lower tier players uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but perhaps more developmental players um not not a necessarily um you know first crack at it guys who are gonna start day one I mean I don't think there's an Andrew Thomas in this group necessarily um now you know if you were to land a guy like Ernest Green perhaps that might switch things up a little bit uh he's a very capable guy but uh very tough to do that to me those the uh 2023 guys though off to a fantastic start there so Love what they're doing in the recruiting trail. And like you said, after this SEC championship wraps up, baby, it's showtime for Jake Roos. That's all I know. Uh, I got got a big week ahead of me next week, uh, and we trust that you'll – be following along as you have for all the SEC championship game coverage that we've had this week. And we've had some great stuff led by Palmer Toms So, Palmer, shout out to you. Great work this week, man. It's been awesome to read. Um, parting thoughts, anything you uh, want to send the folks out with? Uh, something to uh, – something to – I don't know. Give them to listen, give them, give them to, uh, to boost the confidence. Maybe if they're, they're listening to this while they're pulling in, looking on the bins, ready to crack that first cold beer of the day. And, and just kind of get this thing up and rolling. Uh, you know, wh- anything you want to send off to the people with?
1: No, I, I, like we said, I think both of us are, are predicting a Georgia win here um, certainly would be a big one. And, and I think regardless um, of how this game goes on Saturday Georgia fans will be very happy. But next time that we come at you on, on Sunday with a, with a little bit of good playoff news for there, um, you know, making some travel plans for new year's Eve, either in Dallas or Miami.
0: Yeah. Excited to spend it with you Palmer. Hope we can have a little smooch at midnight, even maybe. <laughs> uh, well folks, I appreciate you tuning into this edition of dog log talk. Uh, another fun episode, uh, get over to dog to HQ, check everything out. Uh, we've got you loaded up with sec preview coverage. Uh, and like we said, we'll have everything post game. Uh, we'll have all the narratives covered after that, a deep dive definitely on where the dogs are bound bowl wise, certainly coming your way. Uh, and then, like I said, the shift goes into recruiting prior to that, uh, that, that bowl destination. So, um, early signing day is upon us and we'll be here before we know it. So looking forward to it. And, uh, like I said, the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks everybody for tuning in to this edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. We'll see you later.